Kia ora and welcome everyone to Connect Church today. I love it when family uh, come together and can do some uh, family life. We've got Wayne and Janine Douglas from Glow Church in Australia here today. So, oh, come on, that, that clap really sucked. I mean, come on. Hey, we're going to clap this clap. Can I just say, Anita and I just love you guys and are so thankful for uh, all that you are and uh, to, to us and just, just personally, but uh, also as a church. And I want to tell you straight away that we're believing God's highest for your life. We, I, I want to tell you, I'm probably a bit slack, but I know Anita prays for almost every family in the life uh, of this church. She's just, she, she feels it, she breathes it, she lives it. And so we, we just want to say we love you guys and you're awesome. And uh, just we, we want you to know that. And also, if you're watching online, a big kia from us here in New Zealand. Wherever you are in the world, we're so glad you're part of the Connect Church family. Let's show them some love, people. Come on. Come on. <laughs> My goodness, dear, you're sounding... Quite, quite interesting today. So, amen, hallelujah. So, uh, uh, look, last week we took that offering uh, last week, so I don't want to uh, keep you in suspense. We wanted 7500 for the media, so thank you for those who gave and uh, have, have pledged. And uh, we've sent the money uh, already, so uh, it's very important that those who have pledged give the money. Amen. Somebody say amen right, uh, uh, right there. But uh, did, did we reach the target? Did we reach the target? Wow. Drum roll. Come on. Okay, yes, we did. Come on, somebody. 7,000, 7,900. So everybody stand up right now. Paul, get that music ready right now. Come on, stand up, everyone, right now. Uh, put your hands in the air like you just don't care. And then we're going to celebrate. Play that music, uh, please, just for a moment. Okay, that's enough. Sit down, sit down. Sit down. That's, 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 thank you. There we go. We celebrate it. One more time. Come on. Thank you so much for your generosity. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, today, today I have decided to talk about decisions. I have decided. There's a little play on words right there if you didn't recognize it. I have decided to talk about decisions. First Kings chapter 18, verse 21. It says, And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you waver? In the King James Version, it says halt, meaning stop. How long will you waver, halt between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal is God, follow Him. But the people said nothing. The people, in other words, did nothing. Which is a common response to decision uh, making. But here's the reality. But decisions affect our destiny. They do. Decisions affect our destiny and that in turn can determine our destination. In other words, where we will end up. Where, where will we end up? Yet many people, like the Scripture, like the Scripture says, they, they, they waver, they, they halt, they, they stop between opinions. And many times they end up doing nothing. Turn to your neighbor and say, preacher's preaching good already. Come on. They end up doing nothing. Benjamin Franklin, they, I believe he was a U.S. president, <laughs> he said this, the man who does things makes many mistakes. And all the wives said, no, no, I don't tell you. The man who does things, this is for all of us, the man who does things makes many mistakes, but he never makes the biggest mistake of all, which is doing nothing. Yet decision-making is difficult, especially in today's world of choices, especially with all the choices 
that we have to buy this, get that, and you need the latest this or you need the latest, that it's truly overwhelming. When I was growing up, to shave my whiskers, I only needed two blades. Come on, somebody. I only need two blades. And, and then, 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 you, then they, because here's what's happening. These advertising companies are inventing stuff because they've run out of stuff to do. So they're inventing stuff to tell you that you need it and you must get it. And it's, it's, it's overwhelming. So I started off with two blades because remember, one blade just wasn't enough. You needed that blade. Remember the ad and it pulled the whisker out and the second blade just took it off. And then it went to, I need three blades. And then, then I needed three bla- blades with a moisturizing strip. Come on, somebody. You've got a, and now it's good. They've got a Mark V with a turbo. Uh, to, to, just to take that. There's so many. I mean, how many blades do you need? None of them work for me anyway. When I take my glasses off, I always miss half my whiskers. Come on, somebody. Someone say amen. I mean, I, I do. I get to work and I go, oh, man, here I miss it. Because if I keep my glasses on, it gets covered in foam and it's just, I'm at a stage of life now where, where stuff grows and I can't see it. <laughs> I wonder why doors open up in front of me and I realize it's my eyebrow antenna pushing those doors. Come on, some of you, some of you. Yeah. Do you, do you ever wonder why you see those people? <laughs> I hope they're not here, but... Sometimes they comb their eyebrows, you know, come on, so it's not in my notes. It's like, can't they see that? But I'm at that, I'm at that stage now where I'm getting hair in my ears growing out. <laughs> Truly overwhelming, isn't it? Come on. <laughs> but but, but we, we, we live in the society that's overwhelming us all the time with the, the, the information. It's difficult to make make decisions. You're, I don't know whether you're aware of this, but your average newspaper or news site, when you go into stuff or the New Zealand Herald, contains more information than the average person in the 17th century England got just in one edition in their entire lifetime. In their entire lifetime. When, when you open that web page, you, you, you've got to know that 7.3 million new pages will be added to the internet today. And it's Sunday. Can you believe it? 7.3 million, and these are 2014 statistics. And the same will be done again tomorrow. While I do this message today, 1,000 books will be published somewhere in the world. 18.7 billion texts are sent every day. Listen, 2.4 billion emails are sent every second. Gone, that's, we're up to 4 billion already. <laughs> And it will only, I've written in my notes and it will only get worse. There might be some techno guys going, it can only get better. Come on, someone. But we're being overloaded, overflowed with information. And in that environment, it's hard to make decisions. It's, we're, we're, we are running at such a, space, a, a, a pace that there is no time or space to process things. And the, I wonder if our smartphones are making us dumb people. Come on, somebody. Why? Because we can't process stuff like we should. We can't possibly or adequately process all the information that we have. And today's technology, it denies us the, the, the ability to think deeply, to process deeply. And in decision-making, we're people, it's important that we have margin. It's important that we have margin. I 
I told you about that story last year when we were in Australia and just we, we, were, we were at a conference and it was time to come back, Pastor Neil, and we're like, we, we just thought we're from, we're from the company coast. It's five minutes drive to the airport. So we're like, oh no, how hard can it be? And so what, what happened, we started driving and then we realised our flight, the traffic's just blocking up. We're not getting. And then do you know when you're stressed out, every light is red? Come on, somebody, you want to go somewhere, you want to get on that motorway, and it's like all the 15 traffic lights they've got before you can turn onto the motorway are, are, are all red. That, that's what, when you don't have margin, everything turns red. And in decision-making, we need margin. If we're able to, to, to be able to think deeply, to process deeply, we've got to make sure that we have margin in our lives. But because many don't allow margin or time to process, uh, uh, especially when it comes to decision making, many of us live our lives, as John Cotter, the author, said, he said this. He said, most people don't lead their lives, they accept their lives. They just accept it. So it's just all too busy. It's just happening to me. I can't control. I'm just going with the, with the flow. How many know dead stuff flows downstream? Come on, somebody. Sometimes we're going to go against the flow. Most people don't lead their lives, they accept their lives. And this overload, this living on the, the edge can, can make us apathetic when it, comes to, when it comes to making decisions. What does ap apathetic mean? Can I, can I tell you a funny story? About four of you. <laughs> You're so serious today. I said, can I tell you a funny story? Yeah. It's got nothing to do with this. And I've got permission to tell this. But we were sitting up in the staff meeting. We were having fun just talking about, you know, Grace is doing some egg thing or whatever in the, the other church and the Connect kids. And she's talking about eggs and stuff like that. And so, so we're making jokes like, oh, that will be excellent. And that would be a great example and whatever. And then at the end of it, uh, Claudette, who had just come back from Bible college, said, can you please tell me? <laughs> And I have her permission. I said, Claudia, you've got to let me tell. She's like, okay, go on. She said, can you tell me why are there so many egg examples in the scripture? And we were all like, what, what do you mean? Egg, <laughs> egg examples. You know, like uh, Jesus said, you know, about being, uh, uh, it might take my yoke upon you. And uh, uh, then, uh, uh, then, you know, that whole one about being unequally yoked and uh, stuff. I was like, Claudette, they're not about eggs. <laughs> and of course, then she felt like an egg. And so it was just, it was just a... So, but, uh, so the scary thing is some people in here might be going, it's not an egg. Come on. So, <laughs> Claudette's amazing for all she does around the house. Oh, we just thank you, Claudette. Even just let me say that. Some light entertainment during your message. She's amazing. One more time for Claudette. She's amazing. Make stuff happen. A lot of stuff that, that happens around the house happens because of that girl right there. But we can become, with that information overload, we can become apathetic. We can become lazy about, uh, 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 about stuff. And I, I looked up in the Theosaurus, which is a fancy, uh, fancy thing, you know, whatever it is. But, but it just gives you the meanings of... Uh, uh, and here's the thing. I, so then it said, hey, yoke isn't even spelt like that. And I'm like, oh, yoke isn't spelt like that. That's how, that's how I would have spelled it. <laughs> I found a new way of spelling yoke. Uh, but apathetic, here's what the Theosaurus said. It says, it says, uninterested, indifferent, unconcerned, unmoved, unresponsive, impassive, passive, detached, uninvolved, disinterested. Sound like anybody? Come on, somebody. Unfeeling, emotionless, disappassionate, lukewarm. 
<laughs> like a worm. No, that's lukewarm. <laughs> Uncaring, half-hearted, lackadaisical, non-committal, lethargic, bored, unmotivated, ambitious, unambitious, couldn't care less. That's what apathetic means. Do you know anyone like that? You're sitting next to no, don't tell me. I, uh... But we can be apathetic when it comes to decision making. Yet the truth is we can't afford to be apathetic when it comes to decision making. We need to decide to decide. And remember, to not make a decision is, and of itself, a decision. A decision to do nothing is a decision by default. And every decision or lack thereof has consequences. It really does. It really does make a difference. And we can get ourselves messed up by failing to act. Hoping that things will just go away. You know, pray and walk away. Just make, make sure, I hope it goes away. Just, just fix it, Lord. But sometimes we've got to act. Sometimes we've got to make decisions. Decisions. We, we want God to supply it all and fix it all and just, just do it. I, I heard somebody say, uh, God didn't give Noah an ark. He gave him a plan. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we just want the ark. Just drop it. Let's give it. Friends, we've got to understand decision-making is so, so important. We, we can't, and we get ourselves messed up when we fail to act. And of course, we, uh, we tend to do this because we don't want to get it wrong. We fear failure more than moving forward. Come on, good preaching. We fear failure more than moving forward, and, and, and that paralyzes many people. Because no one wants to fail. No one wants to get it wrong. I love what D. Martin Lloyd-Jones said. He said, the man who tries to do something and fails is infinitely better than the man who tries to do nothing and succeeds. Come on, I'll read that again. That's so good. The man who tries to do something and fails is infinitely better than the man who tries to do nothing and succeeds. I mean, we are so scared of getting it wrong. We really are. I meet, I meet people all the time in, in fear of making decisions. And this is, this is where we've, because you don't want to upset God. You don't want to get on the wrong side of God. And this is where we've got to learn to trust our Father. See, see again, we, we, we understand. We've been talking about it the last couple of weeks. You know, if He is our Father, that makes us as what? Makes us as what? We're, we're, we're His kids. And how do fathers, good fathers, he's a good, good father. It's who he is. Yeah, that's, a, that's not how the song goes. But, but, but how does a, 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 a good father, good parents treat their children? I, I'm watching Instagram this week. I, I, I see uh, little Mason Galloway has just started to uh, walk and he's, he's, he's got his moves on. And, and I'm seeing that on Instagram, and the, the parents are pretty excited about that. And, uh, you know, Anna, I, I'm with Anna every day, and she's trying to step out of the, uh, just, just stepping out of a door is an effort. Sometimes she goes backwards and crawls and goes out of it, but she's learning to walk. And I, I can see uh, there's a real spark between Mason and Anna. I just, I don't know. We've got to arrange something, all right? <laughs> Good Indian families, come on, let's put it together. Uh, so, so. <laughs> but but, but he's, he's, he, he, I see Mason walking and, and here's the thing When you're watching the Instagram type stuff When Mason falls over Matt doesn't go Ah oh, you stupid kid 
can't you even stand up for... No, no. When he takes a step, daddy's like, cool, son. You're his kid. Take a step. You're his kid. Oh, what if I fall over? Take a step. Because you've got a father, you're his children. He's going, come on, son. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. You can do it. See, this is what the Bible says. It says, it says in King James Version, Psalm 37, verse 23, steps of a good man, a good woman, are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. So you've got to understand when, when you're taking those steps, and you're, then God delighteth in your way. God, you know, we get so stressed out about all this stuff. Oh, what if, I, what if the Lord wants me to go here and I go, go there? Well, he's your father. He'll tell you. What, what, if, I get, what if I take the wrong path? He, 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 he will tell you. You've got to trust. It's the heart of a, heart of a father. You know, I, I see when Anna touches something, we go, no, 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 no. The same, we have a father. We, he's our kids. He will speak. To us, but we've got to learn to take some, take some steps. I mean, some of us do the guidance thing like way over the top, people, way over the top. Shall I have wheat bix or cornflakes today? Come on, somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say, Stop it. Just say, God's like, Have whatever you want. I don't care. Eat whatever you want. Just don't eat that fat stuff, you know, that's going to do what it's done to me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> my, my. If the Holy Spirit doesn't tell me, the wife tells me she's going to have me See, some of us get so scared to move until we have perfect conditions. But we've got to understand as we move into things, there's always going to be risk. But movement creates friction. And there's always going to be stuff that, that goes wrong. But here's the thing. I think we don't always like making decisions sometimes because we just don't know how. We just don't know how, and so stuff piles up, and we feel over, overwhelmed. And so if you're Mr. Over or Mrs. Overwhelmed today, I want to be able to help you. I want to give you three things that I pray. And I, I went through these a, a couple of years ago, but they're worth going through again. Three things that are, I pray will help you cross the line when it comes to making decisions, when it comes to deciding to decide. Number one. Got to understand the difference between priority and moral decisions. Just understand the difference between priority and moral decisions. Because most decisions, pretty much every decision, falls into these two categories. Priority decisions, what are they? They are choices between right and right. In other words, there are two or more choices that can be made, either as, uh, are as good as the other. Shall I buy this car or this car? Go ahead, buy whichever one you want. Well, well this, this one I like, this one, but the, here's the pros and the. Uh, it's not a moral decision. It's just a priority. It's determine how much money I've got. What, 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 what do I value? What, do I, what am I looking for? There's no right or wrong aspect. It's just a choice between better, best, and really cool. Priority choices are about deciding what you value, where you'll put your time, your money, and, and energy. A th th thing like, you know, uh, there's no right or wrong with it. You know, shall I, shall, I, shall I have a date with the wife or shall I watch the rugby? Shall I have a date with the, with the, with the wife and, or watch the rugby? Watch the, there's no moral right or wrong, although your wife might think otherwise. Come on, somebody. It's just, it's, it's, both are good. Both are, both, are, both are good. It's just what's your priority. Now, sometimes we get it wrong, right? Thank you for those who were honest. Thank you. 
And sometimes we get it wrong. I mean, I, I, I got it wrong once. I watched the, the rugby and, and Anita was good. She never said anything about it. She never said anything at all for six weeks. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right decisions about choosing between good, better and best. Moral decisions, on the other hand, are between right and wrong. When you're, you're going and you push that accelerator. <laughs> like I did it yesterday. I was just riding my bike and speeding for Jesus. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you've got to understand the angels leave the building. Come on, somewhere. When you, when you push that that's a that's a right or wrong decision. I, I was watching these cop uh, programs, and it was that this cop pulls over this guy, and the guy gets up, and he says, I'm a minister. The cop's like, yeah. He's like, I was a minister. I was just popping down the shops to get some cigarettes. And he's like, I'm a minister. And the cop's like, what, you've broken the law? It's a moral decision. It's right or wrong. Or someone's doing something in your office. They're ripping something and you don't tell, tell somebody about it. It's a moral decision. It's a right or a wrong. Those, those are the type of decisions we have to watch out for. Priority decisions are easy. There's no right or wrong. Moral decisions, we have to make choices. You've got to understand that. It's a moral right and there's a moral wrong. And so here's, here, I want to I help you today. I'm Pastor Adam. I love you. I'm trying to help you. Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, was faced with three moral decisions. And here's how he handled them. Yes, I mean, you might, might know this. You might go, oh, I know this, but are you doing it? Come on. Don't care if you know it. We know, we know lots of stuff. But do we do it? Turn to your neighbor and say, I love this guy. <laughs> I'm helping you. He was faced with three moral decisions. Here's how he handled them. Handled them. Matthew 4, verse 3. You know he's out. He's been baptized. He's out in the desert, out in the wilderness. And it says in Matthew 4, verse 3, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. And, the, and, and it says this. Now when the tempter came, the devil came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. First principle of deciding to decide. Is live by the word of God. It's not rocket science. Just live by the word of God. Jesus said, it is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In fact, in each of the three choices the devil presented, Jesus replied with, it is written. He went straight to the word of God. In fact, Jesus, what, what, what was Jesus saying? He was saying, the Bible says, that's what he was doing. The Bible says, God's Word says, for, for in, in other words, it was God's Word that, that, that directed Christ's decision. I want to tell you, it's His Word that should direct your decision making. Come on, somebody. It, it, it really is. It, it's, 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 it, if Christ used, if Christ Himself would say it is written, how much more do you and I need to be ones who rely on? On his word. That's what directed Christ's decision, not how he felt. Because if he'd, if, he'd, if he'd have lived by how he, how he felt, he would have never have gone to the cross. He's like, not my will, but your will be, be done. He would have never have gone to the cross if he lived by how he felt. Yet we live in a generation today that's all about how we feel. People, people will say to you that, I mean, I've heard people say it, just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. Your heart will lead you. Okay, can I just tell you what the Bible says about the heart? It says your heart is desperately wicked. Who can not? 
How many know they followed their heart and got themselves in a whole lot of trouble? Come on, put your... Don't follow your heart. Bible says don't do that. Heart is deceitful. Bible says God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That's why we've got to move because the lamp only lights up that which is, a, is around us. And so, again, that's why we've got to step out the steps of a good man because the lamp, you, as you move, the lamp lights up the way ahead. I can see the way ahead. But if you just stand still, you say, well, yeah. Good preaching, Adam. Thank you. Verse 5, then the devil took him up unto the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. This is the devil saying for it is written. So why do you got to know the word? Because the devil knows the word. Come on, somebody. He shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Second principle of deciding to decide, don't test God. Don't test God. Avoid foolish decisions that test God. In other words, don't put yourself in a position which requires a miracle to bail you out. Come on, somebody. Don't do it. Don't do it. Think about what you're going to be doing. Don't put yourself in a position where God has to rescue you from your own foolishness. Verse 8. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. The third principle of deciding to decide, put God first. That's simple. This is simple stuff, not rocket science. Put God first. In other words, don't make decisions that reduce your worship or service to God. Don't make that, you go, oh, well, yeah, no, if I make that, yeah, no, I won't be able to go to church anymore, but hey, no, no, think about it. I won't be able to, yeah, I won't be able to serve, no, think about it. Yeah. Put God first. Yeah. Well, this is, this is a big position I've been offered, big position. Listen, that's what the, the devil offered Christ, position and power, fame and fortune. Yeah. If he would just worship him. And he will do the same with you today. In the hope that you would give away your relationship and worship of God. Because here's what the devil knows. He knows the, 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 the devil knows the person caught up in this world is not ready for the next one. Come on, someone. So make good decisions. Make good de- decisions if the worship team can come. As we close... Today, what decisions do you need to make right now? What decisions do you need to make right now? What, what, have, what have you maybe been holding off that you need to sort out? Decisions that you need to make, but you've been, you've been just like, oh, no, I just don't, don't know. You're just hoping it will go away. Maybe it's a relationship in your life that's just taking you down. And you go, man, I really need to. What, what, what decisions have you got to make that you've been putting off? What, if, what are you holding off deciding to decide? 
Maybe for some here today, you've, you've got to decide to ask for help. Maybe you're at a place where it's like, man, you've got to decide to ask for help. I read a story, I'm sure many of you read it just a few weeks ago of a pastor in the, in the States, a young man. And the pressures and burdens of ministry took his own life. Took his own life. And, you know, I'm sure he, as a leader, was telling everyone, ask for help. Yet he himself couldn't bring himself to a place where he could ask for help. Maybe you're here today and you're going, well, no one really cares about me. I want to tell you, we, God cares about you for a start. And there are people who will love you and care through any situation. Oh, mate, there's no situation like my situation. Listen, friend, I want to tell you, there's no temptation that's taken us, but that which is common to man. The Bible says it. I'll tell you, we're not unique in that regard. I want to just, uh, uh, we, we mess up in the same ways. There's no stuff that we can go through that isn't mentioned in the Old Testament back. Maybe you've got to decide to ask for help. Someone you can trust with someone who can walk you, walk you through it. Maybe you're in a dark place. I mean, it's easy to fake it, right? And Christian things, it's easy to go, yeah, hallelujah. When you feel like crap on the inside, come on. Don't, don't. We're human. We're human. We have stuff going on. We, it's not to hide away. It's, it's to go, man, I, we're family, right? We're family. So how can we help you walk through the dark pain, the dark days, the battling days? We'll do our best. That's why, that's why can I just say, being part of a connect group is so important. Be, being part of a, a, a part of the dream team, to be able to, to be a part of the, the tech, because other people can know where you are if you're not a church. or you're, like People go, oh, where is he? Where is she? Hey, you doing okay? Oh, man, I've had a... Why? Maybe you got to decide to decide to stop avoiding making decisions. And can I say this? You don't have to decide for your whole life right now. Some people say, oh, well, I've got to get it all sorted. No, no, no. Don't live like that. Just decide for today to do life right. Just decide for today to do life right. I'm just going to have a great attitude today. I'm just going to, what things do I need to fix in my life today? Just, just do today well. Because here's the thing, days done well turn into weeks done well. Weeks done well turn into months done well. Months done well turn into years done well. And if you muck up and you... You fall over, just brush yourself off and keep moving forward. Just brush yourself off. Get up and keep moving forward. So someone said, don't let your sit back cause you to sit back. Just get up and get ready for your comeback. Somebody, come on. Decide to decide. 
probably one of the most important decisions anyone can make is to decide to follow Jesus Christ. Have you made that decision in your life? Have you, have you made Him Lord and King? Sometimes we do life like Frank Sinatra. I did it my way and my way hasn't worked out. Today it's time to do it His way. Would you allow Him to come in? Would you decide? It is a decision. He won't push His way in. If we will open the door of our heart, He will come in. But we have to decide to decide that I want you to be Lord of my life. If that's you here today and you've never given your life to Christ, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to make a decision. To call Him into your life. To help Him lead you. Maybe you've known what it is to follow God, but maybe you've come to church your whole life, but you've never actually made that decision to follow Him. I want to tell you, out of everything we do, what I'm telling you right now is the most important part of the service right now. Today, if you would hear His voice, do not harden your heart. Allow the King of glory to come in. Bible says if we invite, He won't push His way. If we invite Him in, He will come and sit on the throne of our heart. But remember, He's not just a Savior. He's also our Lord. Not just a King, but the King of Kings. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, there's a holy moment right now. If you're here today and you know you need to make that decision, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer and that prayer says, as I've explained, Jesus, come into my life. Cleanse me of my sins. Maybe you've known, like I say, you've, you've been in the church for a while, but you, you know that you know that you know that you need to get right with God today. You need to decide today that you, you're taking this to a new level. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you want to be included in the prayer, I'm going to pray in a moment. Would you just put your hand up nice and high so I can see it? So you're saying, Pastor, I want to be included in that prayer. Is there anybody here today? You know you need to get right with God. Is there anyone here today? Nice and high so I can see it. You know that you know that you know that you need to get right with God. better help in making decisions come on in this place Lord I just thank you for every single person here today Father God I thank you Father that you've given us your Holy Spirit you've given us wisdom your word says if we lack it let us ask God we, we, we ask for more wisdom to be able to discern the way forward so I pray for every single person in this auditorium today that they'd be able to discern the mind and heart of God, when, especially when it comes to decision making. This we ask 
in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.